1: hi i'm chad i'm a gen x grown-up i support gen x grown-up through patreon and you can too at patreon.com gen x
2: grown-up
3: Welcome back, Gen X Grown-Up Podcast listeners to this, episode 134 of the Gen X Grown-Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me, of course, as always, is Mo. Hey, everybody. Would not be a show without George. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we see the return of a sci-fi comedy set on an outer space cruise ship, play an adventure puzzle game that mashes together 50 years of Atari gaming (laughs) history, and check out what innovations Apple has packed into their most recent smartphone. Before we get into those topics and many more, though, it's time for my favorite part of the show. That is fourth listener email. Fourth listener this time around is Chad. We've not heard from Chad in a while. Oh, yeah. Hey, how's it going, Chad? Chad wrote in with the subject line, roller rinks. Wow, that's getting a lot of traction, isn't so it?
2: So he's wanting to talk about the Dewey Decimal System.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Which is an odd subject line for talking about the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> a really deep cut. Roller rinks, he says. We had a chain of rinks called Skateland. We used to have birthday parties there when we were kids. I think parents just rented it out for a couple of hours. I never got any good at roller skating either. I did get to the point where I was on my skates more than my butt, <laughs> but I couldn't do anything fancy. Okay, that's a plus. <laughs> yep. He says, I'm pretty sure they had a DJ. I feel like I remember skating over to the booth and requesting songs. I remember that from my skating rake That's in that what episode. you were talking about in the
2: podcast, yeah. yeah. I don't remember doing that, but you did. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: On a sadder note, uh-oh, uh-oh. my first broken heart happened at a skate land. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> for the course i used to go a lot of weekends and when i was maybe 12 or 13 at some point there was this girl i have no memory of her name or what she even looked like anymore but for maybe a month or so we couple skated together every time we were there and then one weekend she just didn't show up Mm. i went a few more times i never saw her again Hmm. I just remember being so sad about it. The furthest I got was holding hands with her while we were skating, but at twelve or thirteen, that
1: was a huge thing for me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe she just, I don't know, moved away or something. She had to be moved I, away. No, she right. did. <gasps> right. she's like, Actually, oh I, I didn't want to say that. Actually, crossed my mind. I didn't want to say that.
2: She's Somewhere. absolutely dead. Have you not seen every movie ever? <laughs> she's dead.
3: Somewhere under a bridge with roller skates on. (laughs) She was on her way to see you, Chad. Oh, man. Oh, that got super dark. I'm sorry. Let's rewind. No, no, that didn't happen. (laughs) Uh, I, I Look, this is exactly when we say. We're doing our job. We love when we invoke these kinds of memories for people. The roller rink definitely has for a lot of people. Thank you, Chad, for writing in. He wraps it up, as he always does, saying, may the fourth listener be with you, Chad. Awesome. Thanks for that. I mean, what that. kind
2: of memories did we really invoke, though? He couldn't remember her name, couldn't remember what she looked like. They <laughs> held hands every time they went there, but he couldn't remember anything. We didn't do a good job, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we could personally help
3: him remember her name.
2: I'm not sure that's within our power. We could just start like
3: at just the top. Just list names. Allison, Allison just, Amanda. Allison, Veronica, Victoria, Betty. It could have been anybody. Yeah.
2: Maybe we'll hit on and it. we got to go into the country names with the Lynn's. Allison Lynn, Amanda Lynn, Betty Lynn. Oh, yeah. It's in the we South, gotta do that of course. Yeah.
3: It's every name, then with Lynn on the end.
2: <laughs> exactly. Samantha Lynn, Holly Lynn. We're all there.
3: Oh, it's like that
2: scene from Ted where Mark Wahlberg and the teddy bear on the couch. <laughs> He's trying to guess and go through oh, the Oh, I got you now <laughs>
3: <laughs> chad thank you so much for writing and we love it that you did we love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to let us know what we're doing right and wrong what you thought of the show if you would like your email featured here on the pod it is easy just hit us up at podcast at you know we read every single one and most of them just like chad's here will eventually make the show all right gents with that good business behind us it's time to jump into the body of episode 134 right after this break stick around Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know.
0: The Lego system starts here, with the curiosity of a preschooler and the big blocks of a Duplo building set. And as imaginations grow, so does the Lego system, because most every block fits every other block. From every Duplo and Lego set we ever made, from preschool on up, our toys play on and on. Lego and Duplo building sets, the toys you grow up with. I want my block back.
3: Let's get cooking, talking here at the top of the show, as we always do, about media we have been checking out. Of course, this could be music or comics or television or film or whatever it is. And George, I want to start with you. There's the return of a show, surprising return of a show (laughs) that you were looking forward to last time we
1: talked.
2: Yeah, I was. And I still kind of am looking forward to it. Um, Avenue 5. It's an HBO show. John, you talked about it last time when I was bringing it up as looking forward. You said, what has it been like, three years since that show was on? Seems like. Yeah, it seems like it for sure. I definitely felt that way. So- What my expectation was, we're going to get this wonderful first episode, and there will be at least, I don't know, two minutes worth of last time on Avenue (laughs) 5 kind of thing, right? Needs to be, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We got maybe 10 seconds of that, Hmm. and it was really just basic stuff around what happened in the very last bit of the last episode from the first season.
3: Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: What I had the hardest time with in this first episode, and that's all I've watched so far as episode one was just even remembering who the characters were, what their motivations were, how they related to each other, why this person was there and that and this. Oh, wait, maybe that's a new thing. And I just don't remember. I, I understood. We all understand why there was such a long time between season one and season two obviously Mm -hmm. the pandemic affected some things I'm sure a lot of the actors probably had other things they ended up doing Mm -hmm. during that time that that pushed it out this is an HBO series so some of the people might have had other commitments that they had to deal with as well I get all of that but in my mind it's the showrunner's job to make sure that your previous audience Mm -hmm. has something to hold on to when you bring back a series after that length of time of a hiatus so Mm -hmm. I don't think They did a good job of that. Don't get me wrong, the episode was moderately funny. It (laughs) did not grab me as much as season one did but I will continue to watch just to see if I can get back to enjoying that universe that Avenue Mm -hmm. 5 occupied.
3: Right. And I mean, you need, I even needed that, like to go back and remember, okay, what's going, what happened with Avenue 5? Because they spilled a lot of the beans in the first season, like they weren't going to have any more. Yeah. Yeah. And if somebody hasn't watched before, basically it's this outer space cruise ship (laughs) and they get thrown off trajectory by a navigational mistake and it's going to take them forever to get back home. And like everybody, there's like a super rich guy who's on there and I think it's Josh right. Gad doing stuff and <laughs> Hugh Laurie I think it's, he was yeah. Hugh acting is like an Australian captain. but he's actually American no, he's or actually vice versa he's actually yeah. like
1: American and then like
3: they he spilled all those beans in the first season so they got to think of new things to come up with But you really need to recap all the things because it almost felt like they did everything they were going to do in the first season. Not sure if they were coming back.
2: Well, so what they did the last episode of the first season, they Mm -hmm. had... So you talked about that they weren't going to get back for a long period, but they had worked it out to where they were actually going to get back in four weeks. Okay. But then two people got on a little escape shuttle and took off, and that adjusted the trajectory because when they pushed away from the ship, it Mm -hmm. messed up the ship's trajectory. And that meant everybody was... Was going to be they were going to be out of line for eight years now so mm. when they come oh. back with season one and i hate to spoil this but since you brought it up i, I kind of have to the season one episode opens with them we've only got four more weeks to go right. and only a few people know no it's really like eight oh years. they don't know about the change i got yeah. it
1: yeah i watched the first episode too george and i had the same thing where i spent most of my time trying to remember what happened before mm-hmm. yeah. so they would yeah. show something and i'm like okay oh yes yeah, so she's the engineer and da, 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 mm-hmm. you know and oh, by then it's like the joke had passed, and then I'm like, Oh, let me rewind it and watch that part again because I was just too busy trying to figure out what was going on. Yeah, like, why is that woman trapped in her cabin the whole time? You almost need
2: to go back and rewatch the first season before you can pick something like yeah. this up, don't you? Yeah, I think so. If you do an effective last time on Avenue 5, yeah. you don't have right. to do that, and true, we've seen true. great examples of oh, that sure. throughout yeah. a lot of the shows that we enjoy. This yeah. may be the worst example I've ever seen of last time on so and so, you've got too much time between season one and season two physically for us to remember right. and like John said you kind of shot most of your wad in in season one so you got to come up with some kind of weird hit the red button to reset (laughs) everything to keep us going for season two and then you don't connect those two things it's a damn shame because you've got some fine actors from a lot of different things plus a lot of new people i think season one absolutely had great writing it feels like season two maybe can have some decent writing but I spent so much time like Mo did trying to catch up (laughs) with my own memory that it was hard to figure out so I won't know if I'm really back into the show until season, (laughs) till episode 2 or 3 probably.
3: It's kind of coincidental you talked about Andor last time we got together and we talked about don't make the audience work so hard for your show Mm. and this is an example where if I'd watched season 1 last year and then picked up on season 2 I wouldn't but they know how long it's been you're making me work hard to watch the second season and that's not conducive to an audience.
2: Well I don't want to beat a dead horse anymore so let's Jump onto John's thing because <laughs> okay. it's got yep. the word "dead" in the title. De- oh, what well, a segue it,
3: it, it's the Halloween
2: season. We had to do something <laughs> with "dead" in it, right? We
3: did. Picked up on a a new film that just came out on streaming. It's on Shutter and uh streaming on a couple of different things. I think it's like AMC Plus or one of those places. But mm. it's a Shutter original, which is the specific streaming for horror stuff. It's an original film, and it's called Deadstream. Okay, well, let me read you the synopsis first, and then tell you what I liked about this film. A disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming one night alone in a haunted house. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. Okay. So this is just pretty what it sounds like. This guy is like a Logan Paul, a big-time streamer. Millions of people watch his Mm -hmm. streams. He's offended people and done a bunch of stuff, and he's on the outs now. And he's been doing these stunts where he does things that scare him, his greatest phobias. Uh, I, I forget skiing, sharks and stuff like that he's done. But now he's in a haunted house and the mechanics of it are great. You guys remember uh, the film Searching that we love so oh, yeah, much. where yeah. Everything yeah. happened inside the computer. John Cho. Yeah, love that. John Cho, exactly. This is like that. What you're watching in the film is the live stream. You're watching his live stream the whole time. This is not like a movie about the guy. Okay. So he's got a GoPro on his head and a GoPro strapped on a, like a, a an arm on his shoulder that can look at his face. He shows that he's got a wrist he can snap his wrist and it cuts between those two cameras so that explains the edit like why is there editing in this live stream so it's all remote he's out on this thing if you do any content creation this is such a fun thing to watch from a technical standpoint but this was a definitely a, a labor of love for this guy the guy that directed is also the guy who is the star of the film okay and he reminds me of just there's something about him that's so just what you'd expect out of a live streamer like he's super like charismatic but he's also Kind of damaged in many ways. He he yearns for you know the approval of other people. He <laughs> he's a typical guy who's a full time content creator. He lives and dies by his follows. It's called a comedy horror. I would assert it is a proper horror film where funny things happen. Okay. But it's not like a ha-ha comedy because I kind of don't like comedy horror. Those things don't blend well for me because the comedy waters down the horror. I was genuinely nervous and anxious through many parts of this because it's it's a little paranormal activity where he puts up these GoPros that are motion sensor activated around the, the house And then it's a little bit like Blair Witch where he stumbles across, what is this totem? Why is this here? And could this have belonged to the person who died? And Hmm. so it ends up being not just a horror movie about this guy streaming, but a character study of this guy coming to terms with all the things he did wrong through this demon that he's approaching.
2: So I'm kind of curious because you're classifying this as a horror film, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, I love horror and we've had our horror movie debate and we've had all kinds Mm -hmm. of fun stuff about horror stuff over the years. Recently, there have been two really solid horror film offerings that have come out this year so far. Barbarian, which I really Mm enjoy. Wonderful. And Smile, which I haven't talked about on the stream yet because i had avenue five that i needed to cover Mm -hmm. but smile i also enjoyed now how does this compare to those offerings do you feel like it fits in the same genre of horror films that those do or is this something new and different
3: It's certainly somewhat different from those.
2: I would say, look at Smile
3: as being a really formula, old school style horror film. Barbarian is definitely off the map, doing crazy things Mm -hmm. with jumping in time and characters. This is more like that trend. of of films that live inside of the streaming world, the content creator world, where you get to see things in a computer. The first half is pretty terrifying. The second half is more of a character arc for the main character, but there is plenty of scary stuff going on. The neat thing is, I don't think it had a huge budget, but well done. Lots of practical effects, practical monsters, creative like in-camera tricks with it. So it feels like a throwback to older films, but with this modern internet sensibility. Nice. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And so I kind of ramble on about it. I'll just wrap it up here and say it's something I definitely recommend. It's out there on streaming if you have one of the services. It's called Deadstream. It just came out this year, 2022. It's only hour and a half, hour 40 or whatever. It's just that, that sweet spot for, you know, just a bite-sized movie. It's not going to drag on out where it's welcome. <laughs> but uh, worth checking out, especially if you enjoy horror and seeing, like, some creative stuff and all those cool practical effects. Cool.
1: Yeah. Mo, well, how about you? What did you check out? I wanted to call it a horror movie, but it's something on Disney+. Plus. It's called Werewolf by Night.
2: Oh, well, it's absolutely not horror then. <laughs> no, it's not horror. <laughs> if it's on Disney, it doesn't absolutely count.
1: Not. <laughs> but it's like kind of a, it has like a 50s horror, 40s horror vibe to it, though.
2: So, like, Blob or? Something along no, those lines. No, it's actually, lines. well, it's
1: World by Night, and it's actually mar- part of Marvel, believe it or not, part of the Marvel universe.
2: Oh, okay. So it's Werewolf by Night. Okay.
0: Gotcha. Yep,
1: so it's actually The Werewolf by Night by the comic book, where mm-hmm. they had okay. by that name. And they had a couple other characters I recognized from the, like comic books in it. But essentially, the premise is, is that this is alternate world, right? And there's these mm-hmm. famous monster hunter dies, and he has okay. this like gem that has like some sort of special powers. And he basically invites like the top other monster hunters for a contest. Whoever wins the contest gets this relic. And it's shot in all black and white, has a lot of like the 50s kind of music in the background. And, Mm. you know, it it was actually really, really well done. It's not a series. It's just a one shot thing. And it's about an hour long, an hour and change. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to watch. The hour went very quickly. I almost thought it was like a series. I was kind of hoping it was a series actually at the end of it because mm. I was enjoying it so much. And it has all the different characters and all the, every single Monster Hunter is very flamboyant and very different from each other. And it was mm. just a really just a fun thing to watch. You say it's in the Marvel Universe. And mm-hmm. how so? Is it part of like the MCU or just no, this Marvel- used to be These are based on Marvel comic books. Oh, okay. All the monsters that are in it are actually based on Marvel comic book characters. Interesting. So not necessarily in the MCU, but part no. of it's a Marvel film. Oh, okay. But Marvel did it and it's their character. Like the Werewolf by Night was a character in Marvel. Okay. Got it. Like there was a werewolf. And it was actually, I think the comic was called Werewolf by Night, I think. Yeah,
2: it's a werewolf by Night's not the character. That's the title of the comic series. Mm -hmm. So when Mo says it's a part of Marvel, it's a Marvel property. It's a Marvel intellectual property. But it it doesn't have, you're not going to find Captain America or Wolverine in this book. all right. (laughs) Just like there was a very popular one a long time ago called I Vampire that was in the Mm -hmm. 70s. That was another Marvel franchise. So the beginning has that
1: little Marvel flipping comic book thing and then but then that's really mm-hmm. the, that's it you know that's its own thing that's it for an hour long just a fun little like I would see like watching this with like with kids as a okay. Halloween getting the watch yeah
3: so it's, it's in black and white it says like 50s music probably organ yeah. stings or stuff so it has that kind of like old
2: horror movie sensibility too. exactly you know huh. very, and like you know lightning strikes and that all that kind of dun, stuff dun, dun. <laughs> yep exactly <laughs> got it it sounds like a horror thing that I might be able to watch with my wife because I took her to see both barbarian and and smile, and she watched half of each film through her through her through fingers. Her fingers. Like, yeah. yeah, just covered. <laughs> I my girlfriend
1: did the same thing in Barbarian. She was like,
0: uh,
2: she said, "Tell right. me <laughs> what happens." <laughs> so this sounds more like something they could enjoy the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. But still have a little bit of a horror feel to it. Because yeah, but it's not like you're not gonna. Kids aren't gonna have. I that think I remember this. reading two of the issues back in the day, and they weren't anything that was going to terrify me. Yeah. They were, you know, I yeah, mean, there are yeah. some comic books out there that are they're mind bending. I mean they're they're screwed hmm. up really like you're like holy hell what, that whoever wrote that <laughs> Jesus Christ put them in jail right now before they really kill somebody this wasn't that the way that most describing the TV show sounds like what i remember the books were yeah mm-hmm.
3: and I, and i'm a sucker for a werewolf story so i think i might have to check it out cool
0: are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit
3: You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later.
0: Oh, I wish I had a picture. I'm too scared to take pictures. And I'm not smart enough. Anyone can take great pictures with Minolta's 35mm autofocus compacts, Minolta Freedom 2 for decision-free pictures, and Minolta Talker for words of wisdom. Too dark. You splash. Both are autofocus. Auto everything. Hey, Dorothy minolta freedom 2 and talker autofocus wizardry only from the mind of minolta
1: i want to start this Tekken toys with what you have george because it's the
2: title i think i know what it is You know, everybody wants to start every segment with what I have because I'm George.
1: This is true. (laughs) Me and John talked ahead before you came on, and we were thinking about that exactly. We were thinking just to George.
3: The thinking let's get George out of the way to see how much time we have left. Sure, because
2: I could absolutely talk for the entire episode. All right. You guys know that I have talked endlessly about our media-grabbing software library Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. we've grown and increased it over – Probably two and a half years at this yeah, point. Yeah, about Yeah. John was the first chord quarter amongst the three of us, and he definitely led the way then I kind of started playing around and I found a few alternatives. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of us are now in that alternative ARR universe. Yes. We've absolutely. got sonar and radar and prowler and LIDAR and whatever else. Lidar. Lidar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We got all those. We got qubit torrent. I think all three of us are using that to actually mm-hmm. grab the files with and everything. It's a really nice ecosystem. John just recently helped me build a new VM that would house my qubit torrent stuff nice. behind a VPN mm-hmm. wall. But one thing I find oftentimes is when we're sitting here recording the podcast and one Mm -hmm. of you fine gentlemen tells me about a movie or a TV show that you've watched recently, or maybe I'll be in the living room watching something with my wife and I'll see a commercial of something that looks interesting. The first thought through my head is like, oh, I need to add that to sonar or radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, And then I go, okay, I'll do that later because I don't want to get up from what I'm doing right right now. Mm -hmm. I go back to my room after I'm done with whatever the activity is in that moment. And because I'm over 50 now, I just promptly forget what the hell ever it was that I was thinking (laughs) about was important or fun (laughs) or interesting. That sounds familiar. Yeah, very familiar. There's a product – on Android. Mo, I'm not sure if it's available on iOS, but it's at least on Android. It's called NZB360. So NZB360. What this application allows you to do while you're on your home Wi-Fi network, it may allow you to do it remotely if you have your local stuff pushed through your firewall Uh, to some external IP addresses. Uh, But while you're on your local network, any IP addresses that are available on that network that it can see for your sonar or your radar. Like for me, my sonar is that computer with the port number at the end of it.
0: Mm -hmm,
2: I type in that, I type in my API key and boom, sonar is now in this application. It sees everything my sonar has on it. And at any time I can add a series and say, start searching for that right now. I can also do that with radar. I can view my torrents with my Qubit torrent application. Everything is now monitorable and editable from my phone, including deleting files, just like you could from Sonar. If you want to get rid mm-hmm. of a series that you don't care about anymore, like Avenue 5, maybe you can just go, <laughs> Remains to be serious, in, Example, <laughs> hit a delete and it's gone. Uh, you can go to your torrent and get rid of some torrents that have been sitting there collecting for a while that you've already imported into whatever folder you mm-hmm, need to mm-hmm. import them into. You know, Oh, yeah, I don't need that in torrent anymore. Boom, delete. It has been such a godsend for me for the last month because, as I said, my memory fails me all the time. And mm-hmm. now I'll be sitting there and I'll watch a commercial or you guys will tell me about some movie or something. Somebody will mention something and I'll just sit there. Okay, let me search for it. Boom, done. I don't have to think about it anymore. That's pretty cool. Yep. I really enjoy it. Is it free? It is free. It's on Android. There's no paywall behind it that I can mm. find. It seems to be totally free. I don't know if they gather any of my information. I don't care. <laughs> I didn't check. That's an easy
1: sell. Seems yeah. like a no-brainer. <laughs> it's actually put up by the FBI, so that way they can catch it. Right,
3: <laughs> exactly. They know everything I'm downloading now. They can't get through your firewall, but they can get you to voluntarily install this thing to track all your activities. <laughs> exactly. They
2: got us! <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I know it's available for Android. I don't know if it's available for iOS, but it's a good tool if, like me, you're around somewhere and want to add something to your Mm -hmm, systems, mm -hmm. but forget before you get back to that computer that has the systems on it. Makes sense. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. John... You got anything for tech and toys this week? Have you got a tech or a toy or maybe you just want to talk about yourself like I do?
3: <laughs> well, we can talk about George some more if you want, but I do have a piece of tech that I could talk oh, about okay. briefly right. before we we'll get back to you. Then. I'm happy with that. Yep. You know, I have been accused on several occasions of causing people to spend money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's yes. not an accusation. It's a cold,
2: hard fact, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: I, I, I do you have the receipts? I, I guess you probably do yes. have the receipts. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: I got right behind me. I got a damn door lock for a hundred dollars sitting on a chair over there you too nice job Yep. yeah so this is something that
3: actually will save you money because it occurred to
2: me it's not gonna save us money is
3: it mo no it is i promise i promise well it won't cost you much how about that oh jeez We've been talking recently about collecting some old consoles and hooking them up to a TV and the challenges Mm -hmm. of hooking them up to a TV. And Oh, it's HDMI for Christ's sake. I don't have – doesn't HDMI come out of an television? You can't do that. You know, adapters and all this stuff. And I had watched a a video not long ago. You know Clint over at LGR, a great YouTube channel, huge, huge content creator. He often goes thrifting. He goes to Goodwill stores and whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I saw in an old episode is he likes to look at old TVs. Because he can find like an old television for not much money, like an old okay. tube TV or something that it's easy to hook up old computers or old consoles oh, sure. to right. and that sort of right. thing. Because they have they don't have HDMI all, they, at all. Right. They have old stuff, you know. So I've been kind of looking at Goodwill stores, looking for old tube TVs that are heavy and unwieldy, but have the connectors. And luckily, my persistence paid off. At Goodwill the other day, I came across a television from 2006. This was originally sold at Best Buy, made by a company called Dynex. 20-inch and not a tube TV, which is what I was concerned with. I would get a behemoth of a box. But you know, travel with me, if you will, back to 2006 and think about what TVs had on them. This thing had it all. So 20-inch flat screen monitor, wide screen. So it's okay. a 720p monitor. Okay. It does have one HDMI connector, but it also has RCA plug type, you know, red, right audio and
2: video. Red, white, yellow.
1: Right.
3: It has a, a coax, so it has a tuner you can plug right. into it. So great for the Atari. It has component. So we're talking about the blue, green, red, yeah, white, yeah, yeah. all the ones for the, kit. Like, like the component video. All that is on there, plus discrete audio out, plus bolted on the back of it is a DVD player, in case anybody has a DVD anymore. Wow. <laughs> I've already played Atari 2600 on this thing. I played my Retron 77 on it. It looks gorgeous because through the tuner, resolutions are relevant. It looks really nice. 15 bucks. There you go. Not 15 bucks for a monitor that cost 300 bucks when it came out. Now, obsolete. Nobody wants it unless you're collecting or playing with old retro stuff. Right. And you need those old connections. If I pick up an old GameCube that's got all those cool RGB connectors, what do I have these days connected to? Nothing. <laughs> right. Well, now I have something. It's been remarkable.
2: You know, I am a fan of Goodwill as well. And mm-hmm. here in Tallahassee, we have one of those odd Goodwills that's an electronics only Goodwill. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, you so it, yeah. everything oh. that comes into the Tallahassee Goodwills that has anything to do with electronics, if it's a video game, if it's a Ooh. game system, if it's a joystick, whatever it is, DVDs, VHS tapes, they all end up at this one Goodwill. So 90% of what I might want to find in that area is going to be at that one Goodwill. The two monitors that I'm currently using while we're recording this podcast, I got at that Goodwill because they literally had two aisles of monitors that were 25 bucks a piece. And these are, these are ViewSonic, decent, solid, Mm -hmm. you know, like 27 inch monitors. And I'm like, I need two monitors. I don't want to go spend a hundred dollars per monitor on Amazon. Just let me go down to Goodwill and get something that'll last for a couple of years. I, I love yeah. what Goodwill yeah. offers sometimes. Now, I don't like the company. I have a lot of philosophical problems with. Goodwill, yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah, but you don't have done that rabbit hole. You can definitely find some great electronic items there. You know, cool. if
3: it, so this monitor is great. It has buttons on the sides for you know volume and channel and mm-hmm. whatever. It didn't come with a remote, so I went on eBay. Look, I found the model number, and I can get a remote on eBay for fifteen dollars. The same <laughs> price I paid for the monitor itself. Is it worth it? I mean, do you need the remote? I'm probably not. Not realistically, no. So the moral of the story is if you are like us kind of reliving your past and going and you know, collecting some of these old consoles and things that don't hook up and play nicely with modern televisions and monitors, check out your goodwill, hella good deals over there. And I think I got away with a steal by finding this little 20 inch Dynex. Sounds That's like pretty it. cool. See, I, I told you it wouldn't cost you much, maybe
1: 10, 15 bucks. Not bad, but I don't need one. So it cost me zero. Well, better. <laughs> unless you want to get me the remote for Christmas or something. It costs you 15 bucks. Right? <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> How about you, Mo? What are you checking out? So yeah, I saved myself for last because remember last last time I talked about like you know the new phones came out new iPhone came out mm-hmm. and I was like why right I mean it seems like they're not really that many features and all this stuff mm-hmm. well I got one <laughs> so, <laughs> and let me here's my reasons why well one is I had the iPhone one is 10. he's
3: a sucker two he's a yeah, sucker actually
1: that's one of my reasons yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was an iPhone 10 so I'm actually four versions back so now. you were four all generations right, yeah, back okay. right? yeah, and something. so I looked at the new phone the new phone has true 5G which my old phone didn't have it has like okay it has better cameras, yeah, 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 Um The battery <laughs> life is much better on it. it. That battery is like freaking incredible on it, actually. And here's the biggest reason. They gave me a $1,000 my old phone. For a four-year, a four-generation back? Yeah, because I'm with AT&T, so I said, trade in your phone. I said, here's the one I have. And they're like, we'll give you a $1,000. I'm like, what the?
2: <laughs> yeah, sold. <laughs> so, there must be something in the water, because it's not just AT&T. Verizon has the same kind of thing, because my wife, she, for some reason now, wants an iPhone. That's why I wanted to hear what you were talking about in this episode about it mm-hmm. i went on their website she can trade in her galaxy note 9 with cracked screen and oh, wow. get an iphone 14 max pro free <laughs>
3: <What>? <laughs> wow so so what did your 14 cost mo you got the grand off of it what did it cost um, the grand
1: so was it the one i got I think it runs uh 1300. 1300
3: Oh,
2: you got the 512, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's why her the one that's free is the is the lower. Yeah, I mean, exactly so shoot, that's why I did it. I had a $1000 yeah, $1, yeah.
1: credit. I'm like, I'll spend 300 bucks, sure. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking oh maybe they'll give me a few hundred bucks, like 200 or mm-hmm. 300 mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. They did add some neat features on it. I mean, again, nothing on I'm be honest. Nothing on it is like, "Oh my god, it's like revolutionary" or anything like that. They do have like the big thing that little dynamic island that you probably saw like where it used to have the wedge cutout thing that everyone was annoyed about mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they got rid of that finally. And so, but then now they have this thing at the top, which actually does a really good job of showing you like background things that are going on. Um, so, okay. if you have a timer, I could be doing other stuff on my phone, and that little thing at the top will be a countdown.
2: Oh, it's like a little information bar yeah, kind of thing. It's, a little t- mm-hmm. and it's still,
1: not even a full bar, though. It's just a little information, tiny
2: window. Well, it's like an
1: oblong pill kind of
3: thing. Yeah. It's where the, mm. the front facing cameras and crap are, exactly. and they're trying to use it. Is that for similar something to the
2: information bar we have at the top of Android phones, John? It could be. It
3: looks a little bit like it. They're using okay. it to more creative effect though it's not just icons of what's happening they're putting like content in it
1: which uh, does look interesting yeah yeah like and for instance like if i'm playing something like a podcast or something like ours Mm -hmm. (laughs) it'll show my podcast player up there and it has a little waveform so you can see it's playing and you click on it it'll take you right to the app and and it's actually i found it to be actually very handy you know a phone call comes in it actually that's where it shows up instead of taking over your phone
3: Hmm. the irony to me is that they're doing that to kind of mask the punch outs for the front cameras Mm -hmm. but any phone could do this it's software draw so, yeah. an oval and just right. put information in it it's, oh, not, exactly. a it's, oh, it's totally not, not a big deal it's just apple chose to they chose to take a negative which was the punch outs and say let's cut it out bigger and put crap in it and make it look like it's something and hey it worked on Mo. it's a selling
1: point and people are liking it you know i did have found it to be handy of course it also has like the always on screen which i think android always has also where it just has dims. had for a while yeah. Yeah. yeah so they finally added that to this which actually is also kind of nice because that means my phone can be in my table and like see what time it is mm-hmm. without yeah, picking agreed. it up to turn it on you know oh you yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Or and my notifications you'll see, but it's dim and apparently it doesn't really affect the battery life hardly. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, that's good. Yep. It's a little faster, it's a little, you know, the whole usual rigor more. The cameras are like probably phenomenal, but I mm-hmm. okay, four K, yay. I'm not gonna record these at four K probably. <laughs> but, but it has it. And it's a solid phone. I mean, it feels solid. It's about the same size as my ten because I did get the max one on that one. So it's about the same size. So it's a tiniest bigger. But right now, like I said, I'm pretty happy with it. So this is a
3: thirteen hundred dollar phone. Yep, that you got for three hundred bucks. Yes. Here's the interesting thing that I would like to know. Now that you have it in hand, you're using it. What would you actually pay for
1: this phone? Is oh, it worth thirteen hundred dollars? No. Okay. No way. Um, All right. I mean, just because my old phone was fine, I mean, okay, honestly, right. it worked just fine. If they gave me, I would mean, probably pay you know eight nine hundred. I probably would have paid easily, you know, because that's what pretty much what these phones go for these days. I mean, right. you yeah, can get yeah. much cheaper than that. Okay. But you know, I'm not going to definitely pay like I mean thirteen, four hundred dollars for a phone is just kind of nuts yeah (laughs) just conceptually is like the top
3: of the bar for me like at a thousand i'm
1: like i'm no is there something
2: for 899 i don't want to do a grand right for 1300 is that's crazy yeah i know but so they've talked us into this ecosystem and the thing the only thing that's different on mo's phone that made it 1300 versus the 899 that they have in the exact same 14 max pro is the amount of storage on it and when we were buying phones 10 years ago, you could add your own storage to the device. Now- you're, you're Ready ready for
3: it? I'm going to channel my inner George. Oh, Lord. That's some bullshit.
2: It is, <laughs>
3: Did they take right? that out of the Android? I am the so Android, sick. That was, of, that was one of the selling points. With Samsung, you can no longer add the memory really? card in there. Yeah. And if you're like, oh, here's the 256 one. I'm like, great. It's- $700, $512, $1,200. Wait a minute. I know what 256 megs of
1: flash memory costs,
2: not and much. it's not $400 or $500. It doesn't cost that much. Yet. Yeah, it's... No, yeah. it does
1: not. I didn't know that this the Androids took that out, because that was one of the huge selling points. Mm-hmm. I miss that a lot.
2: Yeah. yeah, my S20, I think, is the last model of the Galaxy S series. That I think you're right. Still... Yep. let you put your own little micro SD card in. Wow.
1: <laughs> one thing, which I, I, Android probably had this five years ago, but the one thing they had with this one, which was mm-hmm. very cool. My new phone came in. They said, oh, are you transferring? I said, yes. It says, bring this near your old phone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 And it hooked it's up migration. Just copied
1: everything over. Yeah. Yep. I was like, that was so easy. I was like, that's awesome. And also they got rid of SIM cards now. So it's all eSIM cards, I guess. Oh, really? eSIM yeah. oh, yeah. cards card. have
2: been a thing now for like five years. Isn't and that an they're really finally good? becoming mm-hmm. standard.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. I'm not going to say it's revolutionary compared to what I had before. It's a better phone, I would say that much. Mm -hmm. Uh, But. Again, for a few hundred bucks, totally worth it.
2: I'm just waiting to see if my wife, because like I said, she wants to move. She's been on Android ever since we've gotten smartphones. Mm -hmm. Now her friends at work all love their iPhones. So she wants an iPhone now. So (laughs) I'm like, all right, I'll get it for you. Then it's on you because I don't know anything about that ecosystem. I don't want to learn anything about that ecosystem. I'm not going to go and figure it out for you. So if you get it, it's on you. She said, well, you can transfer my apps. I said, you don't listen. These two things don't work. Yeah, some of the apps probably don't <laughs> exist
1: on this side. That's oh. what I explained to her. She's I like, have the solution. Oh. Here's here's what you do, George. What
3: you do is you put Mo in your wife's contacts, and with any iPhone questions, yeah, text right. Mo. Problem solved. There you go.
1: You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Califato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts and I'd like to invite you
3: to join me on this journey. I'm gonna take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're gonna try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at genxgrownup.com.
0: Was it Professor Plum, Mrs. White, Mr. Green, Mrs. Peacock, Miss Scarlet, or Colonel Mustard? I'm only a dinner guest. With a knife, a gun, a pipe, a candlestick, or a rope.
3: Please! In the hall,
1: lounge, dining room, kitchen, library, ah. or the ah.
0: study. Ah. And to make a long story short, <laughs> Too late! Or did the butler do it? We've got to find out. Clue. It's a comedy with three different endings. Who done it depends on where you see it. Rated PG.
3: Clue, the movie we dare you to solve, starts Friday.
2: This is the main event of the podcast, for the three in attendance locally, and the millions listening around the world, ladies and gentlemen, it's
0: time!
2: Gentlemen... Time to get through all the rubble and start and get into the trouble. Let's talk about games. (laughs) Well, he's like Muhammad Ali there. That's been in the chamber
3: for half an hour. He's ready to say that one.
2: Honestly, I swear to God, (laughs) I just came up with it. I just like, what rhymes with rubble? Real quick. What rhymes get through it? Freestyle. freestyle. (laughs) I want to talk about a game that I briefly mentioned. In our last episode that I said I would cover because a lot of our Discord server compatriots had mentioned to me saying, "Hey, did you know this is free out there now?" Okay. It's called the DRL simulator. DRL stands for Drone Racing League. All oh, right. Oh, okay. That's okay. the okay. league that has been sporadically on weird TV channels at weird times of the <laughs> it's day. Like ESPN oh, the Ocho. It's right? been on <laughs> ESPN, it's been on GQ blah blah blah, blah what the hell ever. It was last season was on Twitter, 90% of the season. And I'm like, what hmm. the fu-? Okay, whatever. Now, is George, is this the thing where the real show is the pilots that fly through like the
3: obstacle course buildings? Yes. Inside In malls okay. and stuff. Got yeah, it. yeah,
2: inside stadiums yeah. and abandoned buildings and mall, all kinds of weird things. And they have the little different gates. And It's pretty amazing. It, it is. It's very amazing. Well, Since I love drones, I've always loved that league. They've had since season two, they've had a thing called the DRL simulator. Now, I picked it up when it was a free application on Steam years and years ago. Hmm. As they've gone along and the company or the organization has gotten bigger and more popular and more money, they have turn it into a paid application or a paid game. And that's why it's in our game segment. Now, the reason why our Discord people were talking about it recently is because on the Epic games platform Mm -hmm. it was being given away for free right for Mm -hmm. a a period of time you know how epic every couple of weeks they give away two games for free this was one of those a few weeks got it yeah of course the reason why i wanted to talk about it is not just because it's free and because it's DRL, but i wanted to talk about it specifically because of how it behaves differently between the epic game store and the steam game store oh really oh so you went
3: and got the free one and you had the one you already had from before on both platforms correct
2: ah okay interesting I try to grab everything that Epic gives for free. I, I just, too. I just grab it. I just want it or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I grabbed this one after people mentioned it in the discord server. The Steam game, I never really played because I could never get my controller, my little Xbox wireless mm-hmm. controller, mm-hmm. to work properly with the game. Okay. The flight sticks wouldn't work properly. The buttons wouldn't work. It was just a convoluted mess. Hmm. Epic Game Store, everything works perfect right from the beginning. Huh, okay. I don't know what they do differently hmm. on the Epic Game Store, but it's the first time that I've experienced a game on two platforms, two operating systems or ecosystems, whatever you want to call it, and one... One of them is shit. And the other one is awesome.
3: You know, that is super interesting because maybe back during the pandemic, I got back into playing Far Cry 4 or something, old game. And interestingly, I had trouble getting the controller to map in Steam where I owned it, but it was like super sale on the Ubisoft store who actually distributes it. I think I bought it for like five bucks on the Ubisoft store and the controller worked there. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Steam has a layer of logic they put in there to try to make games that don't support controllers support controllers artificially right. and they right. had their Steam controller, you'll remember. Yep. But maybe that layer, I had never thought about it or heard anybody else have that problem, but that layer might be interfering with some games. Yeah. Keeps you from getting this shit done. It could oh, be.
2: You know, and in the Steam ecosystem, when I got that new Elite controller, yes, mm-hmm, it was recognized as an Xbox Elite controller. Steam mm-hmm. specifically called it out that way. Yeah, do it right away. But when it comes to DRL for whatever reason, controls are shit. The Mm. the thumbsticks don't work the way they're supposed to. Hmm. I've played it now for probably two or three hours on the Epic Game Store. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to come. I've done races and it's a beautiful system. I I need to at least talk a little bit about the game. Yeah, I was about to ask you, like, (laughs) how's the game? (laughs) The game itself is really fun. So they have a lot of different areas. They have some tutorial areas which help you learn how to fly and pilot a drone, which is awesome. (laughs) Everything can be in first person view, like when they're wearing their goggles in the right. league, mm-hmm. or uh-huh. you can do chase mode where you've got the camera kind of behind the drone, mm-hmm. whatever you feel comfortable with. Then they've got some solo courses that you can go around and you have to take laps and you complete it for time and you're tracked in a scoreboard. Then they also have the ability for you to host games and invite people to it. I've been invited to multiple games so far. I have yet to partake because I fly like shit right now in the system. (laughs) But then they also, because it's DRL, they have the DRL qualifying invitational. Oh, so you can use this application every year. They open this to become a professional DRL pilot that ends up on the TV show. Get out of town! But no, really? and they've had people they that this want is, this it is and a go close enough
1: it. simulation that they think that this is like.
2: I mean, I know that the last season I watched the kid who won the DRL simulator, uh, you know, into the league, Mm -hmm. he was winning races left, right and center in the real world. So it clearly maps. Yeah, (laughs) it definitely applies. My guess is he was already a drone pilot before he probably didn't, you know, he's not like Chris Moneymaker in the poker Mm -hmm. world where he played an online tournament for $10 first time and ended up winning the World Series. But at least it gives you an opportunity. That's something you don't get in many professional leagues. That's kind of cool. Yeah.
3: Well, because drone racing League, the real sport, is kind of basically a
2: video game.
3: Yeah, right? sometimes they put on the VR goggles. They have a controller. It just so happens they're driving a real thing in the on the real world mm-hmm. that's flying around. Otherwise, yeah. I can see how those skills might map. Yeah, yeah
2: it's it's pretty fun. Damn. It's enjoyable. But if you're going to play it, get it on Epic Game Store. Right. Do not try it on Steam. It's for shit. Right. Like you could probably work it out, but why do the extra work? Right. I, <laughs> yeah. Just I don't know how works. you could work it out. Honestly, I don't know. yeah. I tried for months when it first came out to map my controls and everything. <laughs> (laughs) Get it to work. Too much work. Just go with Epic. It'll work right out of the box. Okay. (laughs) Mo, I'm assuming the game that you're playing is probably on Steam and not on Epic. No, actually, I got it on Epic. You got it on oh, Epic. Did oh, did you? Oh, look. This I, is okay, now the Epic. Epic podcast.
1: The hell is yes, Steam? The tide is turning toward Epic, apparently. <laughs> I bought it on Epic because it was $10 cheaper than Steam. There you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. That's reason enough. Um, and the game is Saints Row. And you, John, we've played oh, yeah, multiple iterations. There's a
3: reboot. We talked about a yes. month
1: or so ago, but a reboot coming out, right? This is this. And this is the reboot. This I guess. is it. Okay. I got it. It's a Saints Row game. I mean, I don't know what more to say. It's the same game, better graphics graphics
3: okay so for someone that's never played before what does that mean what is a okay. saints row game
1: so saints row is a more light-hearted grand theft auto right okay. Yeah, let's say mm-hmm. it that way a very similar gameplay it's very similar you get quests and you got to do things the only difference is that you're in this one and all the saints row games are pretty similar is that you're like a fledgling gang kind of thing the saints and mm-hmm. you're trying to make your way into this city and basically take it over so you're the main gang in the thing and there's a whole bunch of events and there's a storyline you follow with things that happen, but there's a whole bunch of mini missions like everywhere that you could do.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And this one, it's fun for sure. It doesn't seem like it's a terribly like, oh, wow, this is so much different and better than the Old Saints Row. No, the Old Saints Row is fun and this is fun. Hmm. The characters, again, they make very lighthearted, funny, the stories, lines and all that stuff There's a lot of humor in it, which makes it a lot of fun. Like one of the quests is you you have a helicopter with a giant magnet under it. And you're stealing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you get points for keeping the thing that you're stealing, like, low to the ground so it hits, like, cars and like trucks. Like, you want to do damage. Like, you wanna cause chaos. And, <laughs> and, John, remember from the old one, there was the one where you're doing insurance fraud, so you're, you have to yes. run into traffic. Right. You try to get hurt. Right. They have that here. <laughs> <laughs> Except this time, is the lady that is working with you, she's like, you know, I could do this all with computers now. We really don't need to go out there and do this. He's like, no, 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 trust me. This will nope. work.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got to go get, get my cars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's like, how are you still alive? You know, it's Definitely, they kind of tongue in cheek, make fun of themselves. And again, you're taking over territories in this fictional c- uh, city in the kind of Arizona-ish kind of area. Okay. It's just a fun, enjoyable game this reminds me a bit we've talked about before
3: like your just cause and your far cry mm-hmm. a new one comes out and it's really not doing anything amazingly new or different but if you love the first one and it's more of the same that's
1: not necessarily a bad thing yeah, exactly right? Yeah, exa- there's like more like there's more vehicles yeah. there's
2: more customization options
3: George you talked about Return to Monkey Island last time I was time, just right? thinking yeah. that as yeah, you were right.
2: bringing up this topic I was thinking yeah it feels just like Return to Monkey Island
3: yeah it's, it's, there's nothing wrong with giving more of that if that was all already pretty damn good mm-hmm. right and saints row kind of was and has been so sounds like you're pleased with it
1: yeah no as far as money i mean right now if you bought it it's i think it's like 59 it's like a premium game yeah oh um, yeah okay that's not good no i got it for <laughs> 35 34.99 is what i, what I got it for because I, I did the point even
2: that if it's if it's just an updated reskinned thing i don't I, that feels like a twenty-five dollar game to yeah. me. No, actually, I would probably
1: say it's a thirty dollar game. Okay, if you, if you like the old Saints Row, easily thirty. Right. If you pay yeah. thirty, you wouldn't be disappointed. I don't think. Right. No, it'll be a lot cheaper than that, Drew. You know that, right? Yeah. How, Before, you know, yeah, well, yeah. Right. Before Christmas comes around, I'm sure there'll be like a massive thirty yeah. percent off or something yeah, like 22 that. Twenty
2: two bucks is going to be one of those. games yeah, It'll be right. a part of the winter sale, no question. Yeah, yeah, probably.
1: Yep. It's a lot of fun, and I'm sure they're going to come out with expansions like they did with the other ones. Mm-hmm. You know, they came out with actually quite a few expansions, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It's just a real run around and shoot, guys. It's like there's no
3: real weight to the things you're doing. I mean, there's. In the story, it matters, yeah. but
1: you're just having fun because it's so lighthearted
3: that, like, oh, they're not dying. They're just, I'm just shooting guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> fun. And they yeah. add
1: little things like your crew that you have, your main four crew people. Mm-hmm. You actually can, like, bring them along on certain missions for extra help, which is okay. kind of handy. Yep. And they did things like you have to go to restaurants and places and, like, give them bad reviews. And then when you do, like, the gang in that area comes out there and tries to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Messing with their money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if, if you're a fan of it, I'd wait till it comes down, wait till the, the Winter stay or something comes around. But if you're a fan of the old game, absolutely get this one.
3: Okay. All right.
1: I'll put it on my when it goes on sale list because I have the old one I could play. Maybe if it goes on sale. All right. Yep, exactly. That's fair. So how about you, John? You got something that I'm really looking forward to because you were looking forward to this last time, right? I absolutely was. That's right. So we record this uh, this week on
3: the 14th. Yesterday on the 13th, a title I've been looking forward to for a while from Atari, part of their Atari 50th anniversary celebration called Atari Mania just came out. So... the premise of this game—it's very kind of pixely looking. It reminds me of remember Pong Quest that came out not too long ago. That was also yeah. Atari based. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Same kind of art style. Looks it might be the same art director. I don't know, haven't looked it up, but it feels the same. Concept is, and by the way, the bigger fan you are of Atari. Specifically, the twenty six hundred and the games we played them. The more meaningful this game will be to you. Okay. The concept is you are like the janitor, the, the 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 keeper of the Atari Vault Museum, like a physical museum that you go to work in in the day. And on your job, you have an inventory. Like you get a broom and you sweep up little dust around the place. <laughs> But the conceit is that this museum is not just housing artifacts from Atari. In this universe of the game, characters in the games are performers for the games. And they have the Millipede game there. And they talk to Millie, the Millipede. (laughs) Okay. The guy that runs the dot from Adventure that runs around. Yeah. We see that guy with the dot represents. His name is Warren. Uh, Warren uh, Robinette. How cool is that? And so you have several key characters from games. Uh, Bentley Bear from Crystal Castles plays a prominent role in the game. And the idea is that dead pixels have invaded the Atari vault museum (laughs) and they're infecting the games and causing them to be mushed together in ways that they shouldn't be. So, when you play a battle with someone or to earn a collectible or pass a certain part of the game, what happens is you you attack that area and multiple games kind of swirl together on your screen. You might see like Asteroids and Pong and uh, Sentinel mm-hmm. get sh- sucked together and you run through a series of mini games that combine those games. The, the evil pixels have rewarped those games together and you may just be playing like a, a five or 10 second mini game that says survive 10 seconds. Okay, you're to fly. maybe you're a YAR and Somebody is shooting missile command missiles at you and you got to dodge them, right? (laughs) Or maybe uh, it's a, a canyon bomber and you have to get X number of points by playing the canyon bomber game. Or they mush together, I'm the co in Yars' Revenge, don't get killed by all the Yars for 30 seconds, kind of <laughs> okay. thing. Ah. Um, or even one that I recently played where it's Missile Command, but I'm flying an asteroid ship around shooting down the missiles that are coming down. I don't shoot for a turret. <laughs> well, oh, that
1: could be interesting. So
3: it's just a big mush up of games. It reminds me of WarioWare that they did for the Nintendo, where you take a lot of Nintendo properties and mash them together in little games. There is an overarching adventure game where you collect things from games. Like I've got the magnet and the bridge from adventure. I've got a bug spray thing from Centipede, I'm guessing, because the DDT came from that that you use. Oh, right. Yeah. And you're finding keys and solving puzzles and reorganizing things. The thing that I most liked about that made me smile, it's a fun game. Anybody could enjoy it. But I think back to, George, what is the huge space adventure game that you love playing? Had The N7 on their their uniforms? Oh, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Yeah. There's a huge mythology in Mass Effect that you need to read and appreciate to know what's going on. The interesting thing in this Atari Mania I found was, as I'm playing the game, I know the mythology. I know the backstory. They don't have to tell me anything because of, oh, I found this magnet. It probably belongs to Warren. I'm like, I know who you're talking about. You're <laughs> right. talking about adventure. That's Warren Robinette. I knew who that is. Is. and like there's demons and diamonds I think it's demons two diamonds is an Atari game well Bentley Bear also collects diamonds so there's like an interchange between them I'm like oh, of course because he likes diamonds and that game has diamonds the more you love Atari the more you'll like this game now it costs 25 bucks at launch which is kind of a lot for this game it's uh, I'm 70% done with it like my, my statistics show I played it plenty of hours and about 70% done just in okay. a couple of days a lot of collectibles to gather you get like instruction manuals from Atari games you get cover art from Atari games It's it's just a little love letter that mashes up all that Atari stuff from that
2: era. It, it's tailor made for people like us. Probably people that listen to the show uh, would enjoy this. So, so, but you said you paid twenty five dollars. What you didn't say was where you paid that twenty five dollars at. Is this on Steam or is this? That's a great question. Yeah, I bought it on Steam. It's on everything.
3: It's on Xbox. It's on PlayStation. Okay. It's on the Switch. Uh, they're even doing a physical release for the Switch and with a, with a soundtrack, which is kind of interesting, oh, which is wow. kind of nice. But it's a digital download. So. I'm sure it's going to go on sale. All these Atari releases uh, as of late have gone on sale. So if 25 bucks sounds steep to you, at least please keep your eye on it. Because when it comes out, you're going to enjoy, just because of our, our history with Atari, I think you're going to enjoy it. So, cool. Yeah. Atari mania. It, it's Atari a great time mania. to be an Atari fan. I'll tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> so much cool stuff. <laughs> If you're a die-hard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking Join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com Patreon.
0: What's America's fun-time finger food? Geno's Pizza Rolls. What's America's mealtime finger food? Geno's Pizza Rolls. Pizza Rolls party snacks get their great taste from your favorite pizza ingredients. Rolled in a crispy crust, just heat neat. What's America's Christmas time finger food? Gino's Pizza Rolls!
3: Now enter Gino's Roll into Rich's Sweet Steaks and win
2: big cash prizes. Details on selected packages.
3: Before we wrap up this episode, you know, we always like to take just a few minutes here toward the end to talk about the things between now and the next time we get together, maybe watching or listening to or enjoying. And Mo, I want to start with you. What do
1: you yeah. have on the horizon? Actually, well, the big thing is, you know, Halloween's coming up. And the nice thing about having grandkids is that you could have fun at Halloween again. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Grandpa Mo. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, it is. It's fun. I mean, like I said, we go to New And Maryland the and- best part of it is once they get all hyper from the candy, you can send them back oh, home send with send their parents home. and you don't have to that deal is, with that. that is
1: the amazing part of. Of this you know that is <laughs> by far the best part. So but that's coming up. Like I said I think it'd be a couple weeks after this episode or a week or so after this episode drops. I think Halloween's mm-hmm. gonna come around. So yep. definitely for that. The movie I'm looking forward to is Black Adam, which is coming out the 21st Mm. of October. The Rock. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about this movie. Okay. But I'm going to see it because Mm -hmm. it looks interesting because I like the anti-hero. I always like the anti-hero kind of stories where the person's not really a good guy kind of thing, which I think this is supposed to be
3: about. That's how it looks. I know nothing about the character. I mean, do you guys, you comic book readers? He
1: was Shazam's arch enemy, wasn't he?
2: He was. um, But... As modern comic books kept getting retold, you can't keep a bad guy a bad guy forever. You've got to make him the hero of his own story. And that's kind of how Black Adam started to evolve. Oh, gotcha. So you can launch your own comic book, another line, sell more books. <laughs> well, yeah, right. you know, at first, you know, it's just like everything they do. You have a very flat two-dimensional character. I'm bad. Lex Luthor. Ha 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 ha. Well, Mm. now I'm Lex Luthor who was abused by his parents and there was all. (laughs) So, yes, he was his nemesis. He is still a baddie, but they're portraying him as, you know, the hero of his own thing. He's just doing what he's got to do.
1: Right. Mm. Maybe DC has a, you know, they've had a couple decent movies out there not a lot of them but some so hopefully this is one of them they're due for a win i think exactly exactly <laughs> so that's about
3: it though how about you john yeah i have a few things i'm excited that on october 20th the latest version of the jackbox party pack number nine oh, wow. is going to be released mm-hmm. it's something that we love playing over on discord with all of our uh, our listeners and followers and fans over at X grown slash discord where you can join the fun <laughs> uh we'd love to play these probably once a week or once every other week or so we'll get together and play one of these for a few hours in the evenings but and we've Saw a preview, did a demo, a few games. Looks fun, and I'm ready for more of that. Another horror movie, it's Halloween time, horror movies are everywhere, Pray for the Devil, October 28th. This, I think they changed the name of this. It, it used to be called Let Me In, and now they changed it recently to Pray for the Devil. It's about the demonic possession, and this woman is, is a nun or something, and she's she's like auditing the class at the, oh, the great Catholic yeah. place where all they house be- all the She becomes people. the first female, like, right. Yeah, exorcist yeah. Person. Exorcist, exorcist, to be yeah.
1: exorcist, right? Oh wait, so they changed the title of this.
3: It used to be called "Let Me In" because yeah. that's what all the people that let me in. They changed right. it to "Pray for the Devil." And at some point, huh. okay. I remember
2: okay. it used to be. You need to point out though they're spelling it P R E Y, P R E Y. Good point. Oh. Right,
3: it's not pray like you know Domino Nabisco vacuum. It's pray like you are my prey. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, October 28th for that one. <laughs> and finally, uh, something I've been really, there's been a dearth of, little tiny tabletop arcade machines. Look, we talked about it at SFGE. We published our, our panel about the value of them. It's been a real drought for a long time. No real releases. However, my arcade, also known as Dream Gear, are just about to put out a new line of uh, some more of the micro players, some littler ones, kind of like super ish, kind of like they call nano players and pico huh. players and more <laughs> tiny arcade. Arcades are coming. Do you know uh, what properties are going to come out for? It's stuff we've seen before. It's compilations, which is the weird thing. So they're new releases, but of stuff we've seen by and large. I'm just really intrigued. My arcade reached out to Gen X Grown Up. They're going to send us some product to review because we have so much content out there reviewing their very products. Um, I'm more interested in seeing whether or not this opens the floodgate of new releases. I'm I'm less excited Mm. about exactly these than I am about what the release of these means for the collecting hobby, for those of us that like it. So keep an eye on YouTube there'll be plenty of reviews and coverage of that uh, in in the near term. So George, how about you? What do you got coming up?
2: Well, uh, like Mo, I'm going to look forward to black Adam as well. I think it'll be an interesting movie. They've been showing us trailers for like a year and a half on this thing. So Mm -hmm. they've definitely tried to build it up, but The other thing that I'm looking forward to the most is a return again, another season two thing like Avenue five that it's been a while since we've had a season one, Mm -hmm. but this one, you don't have to remember the first (laughs) season. So this is a little (laughs) bit easier for you. It's called the toys that built America. Oh yeah. This is not the toys that made us, which I really love. This is the history channels version of that same topic called the toys that built America. It's on history channel. It's going to come out October 23rd. I enjoy all these nostalgic look backs when they talk about the movies that made us or the toys that built Mm -hmm. America, any of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. The 80s were awesome or whatever. (laughs) These things are fun. They're little clip heavy episodes. Sometimes they pick on a particular topic and that's the whole episode like the hula hoop or whammo or whatever. I just can't wait to see what they're going to do with this season.
3: Cool. I think it's amusing. I remember when the first season came out, which heaven knows it's been a long, long time ago, and you were kind of be like, well, "Do we need another one of those shows?" Mm-hmm. Interestingly, I really dug it. It sounds like you did too, because it's on the History Channel. It's more like because they have to kind of justify why it's history, right? So right. They'll yeah. do like they'll t- you learn about the people who created the toys, and y- they do little like you know period pieces and scenes of like what it was like for the reenactments with and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Which is, it, so it's actually not more of the same. It's a different. Exploration of toys, which is really cool. They,
2: they will do similar topics, like we noticed yeah. in season one of this show. They picked up a couple of topics from the toys that made us You're right, yeah. But they did look at them from a slightly different angle. Now, there's a couple episodes. I swear to God, were shot for shot, but <laughs> it was still fun and it was yeah. still interesting. I, I hope this season will be good as well. Yeah, cool. I, I
3: think it will. Yeah, I'm ready for it too. That then is going to wrap it up for this episode 134 of the Gen X Grown Up Mm. podcast. But hey, if that worries you, don't worry. We'll be back in two weeks with another one. (laughs) And next week, though, is our backtrack. That's where we take a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep. And man, this this is something that somehow wasn't on our schedule. And then George cried out, this has got to make the schedule before the end of the year. (laughs) George, would you like to do the honors and tell them what's coming their way next week?
2: It's the podcast that's the most... Human, <laughs> we are going to talk about Star Trek 2: oh, The terrible. Wrath of that Khan. That was good. That nice. I like that. I, I love this movie, like mm-hmm. Princess Bride. This is absolutely in my top five. It's one of my <laughs> holy grail. It's the final five: Battlestar Galactica, whatever. I love <laughs> Wrath of Khan. It absolutely saved a franchise. It absolutely spawned a whole new era of science fiction, television, and film, and we are going to dig super deep
0: into the wrath of Khan.
3: (laughs) That is going to be a lot of fun. Fourth listener, you do not want to miss that one. So we hope you'll join us for that. Until then, I am John. George, thank you so much for being here, man. Yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you. Always fun, man. Fourth listener, it is you, though. We all appreciate most of all. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. Gen grown up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. His big comeback event becomes a real life fight for his life. Oh, okay. A real yeah.
2: life fight for his life. Boy, those writers really. Oh, you know, I read it.
3: You're right. I fucked up, so we have a blooper now.
0: Let me read oh, you it correctly at the end. <laughs>